Alright, sit back, get comfortable. You are listening to Broker Talk, the number one weekly real estate podcast hosted by brokers with almost 50 years of experience. I think at this point we have 50 years. Let's say 50 years of experience in the real estate brokerage industry, including residential, commercial, investment, development, and marketing, including radio and television, magazines, books, websites, and of course, podcasts. Your Broker Talk hosts today are Larry Lawfer and myself, Jim Lowenstern. Evan is on the soundboard. We're once again broadcasting from the top of the Castles Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts. How are you doing today, Larry? I'm doing pretty good, Jim, but I'm just thinking of that 50 years of experience. You know, it's a little bit like dogs, you know, one year or seven years. I, I, I say this because I've looked at so many brokers' pictures, and uh, we have a story later about, uh, uh, you know, someone that I met, and her picture was clearly shot at least 30 years ago. So, you know, we may have 150 years experience. Prom, prom photo? <laughs> No, I think it was uh, just out of college. And, and, and wipe out, I should say, that uh, when I was uh, a youngster, I had a, a little band that I was in, and that was the only song we played. Just a, just a coincidence. <laughs> One song. I was, I was on accordion. <laughs> anyway, we've got a great show today. We're, uh, the um, concern about affordable housing um, is all over the news, and it's all over this country. We live in an extremely expensive area. Today's guest is Michael Thomas. He is a banker uh, extraordinaire. Uh, he is working with HUD and they, uh, HUD Lending. Is that right, Michael? Yes, sir. That is correct. And what you're, you're doing is you're providing affordable rental housing in various parts of the United States. That's right. Yes. The uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development has an FHA insurance program for multifamily, um, just like they do for single family. And in the multifamily space, we finance uh, market rate housing, workforce housing, and also uh, affordable or rent-restricted housing. So what kind of uh, um, – I have been on your website, which is um, – which is really interesting, rentamericatheshow.com. And um, this is a, a, a place in, where is it, Almogordo, New Mexico? Yep. And um, oh. is it possible that you could do something like this in, in, in places like Boston, New York, Philadelphia as well? Absolutely, absolutely. It would be a little bit different because um, there are, you know, in the market that you guys are in, and specifically in Boston, it is a very high-cost rental market. So in order to create affordable rents, developers that are in the Boston market leverage the low-income housing tax credit program. That program has been around since the tax reform of 1986, and it provides developers a source of equity financing that then enables them to offer the rent-restricted um, you know, tenants to, to, to get in there. Otherwise, there's really no source of equity to develop affordable housing like that in uh, urban markets. So, um, so your lending um, organization would lend on something like that in outside your particular area? 
Yeah, it's a national program, Larry. So we, you know, we lend all over, you know, all 50 states, and uh, we go wherever there is a need. I closed transactions in New York last year, Fresno, California, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Uh, working on a deal in Oklahoma. So we just go all over the uh, all over the country because it is a national program. So um, our decision-making authority comes from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is based in D.C., so we're able to just go wherever, we're, um, wherever we find the deal. And how do people find you, Mike? Uh, I'm looking at uh, the TV show uh, website. Uh, I don't think that's where you're doing business with HUD. Correct, yeah. Um, I work for a mortgagee called Gershman, G-E-R-S-H-M-A-N, Gershman Mortgage. We're a 65-year-old uh, family-owned um, HUD lender and servicer. There's only about 100 uh, companies in the country that are licensed under these programs, and we've been uh, providing this type of financing since the program's inception in the mid-1960s. So, um, you know, you could find me also under Michael Thomas um, on the Gershman Company website. Yep, I'm looking at you right now. Okay, so tell us about uh, the TV show. Um, what... Um what made you decide to do it? Well, you know, there's a lot of content out there, as I'm sure you're familiar with HGTV as well as your listeners would be. And there's just tons of content out there for single family, uh, single family people that want to flip or invest. But, you know, when I was looking out there and, and sort of the media content, there wasn't anything that dealt with affordable housing or just rental housing in general. And it's such an important area of concern, you know, for affordability and also just in general as social impact. Um, 30% of the population rents in most developed countries, if not more, and uh, there just wasn't any content out there for it. So I came across a real interesting deal. My client was a former uh, Top Gun fighter pilot, as was his brother, who's a highly decorated Air Force fighter pilot. And when I heard their story, and, you know, he's got the largest, nicest apartment building in this small town that he uh, rehabbed and renovated in what's called a value-add real estate investment, I thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity to tell a story about how a rental housing owner and, and developer is really just, you know, another great American family in a, in a small market that nobody had heard of, but they're doing important things. Did he take you up in the plane? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> nope, I got close. <laughs> I got close. Because um, it looked yeah, like a B-1 bomber, a stealth the, fighter or something. Yeah. With those G-forces they go under, if you watch the episode, we get into the G-forces they experience, but they're pretty rough on the body. In fact, their arms a lot of times start uh, popping with these red little measles-looking things. They call them jeezles um, because the intensity of the G-forces are so high, it causes your uh, blood vessels to pop in your arms. (laughs) God, let me do that. Sounds like what happens to me uh, selling real estate. Uh, so, um, <laughs> what what was the cap rate on uh, that building that uh, you did on the first show? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I want to say it was around. We first we did a two loan structure. So I helped them with a CMBS commercial mortgage backed security bridge loan. And when we went in, I want to say the cap was around six and a half, something like that. And so when we were Taking it out, we had a little bit of cap rate compression, which helped the value. Um, but we acquired it for $20 million, It's 280 units. And by the time we actually took it out two years later with an FHA-insured mortgage, it was, the value was almost $30 million. 
So he was able to recap 60% of the initial equity investment in less than two years. The reason we were able to do that is because HUD FHA allows you to take trending rents and capitalize them as if that's the market value, and that's what we were able to do in this case. Yeah, that. Uh, so uh, I have a personal question to ask you. I'm I'm looking at your incredible bio uh, here, and you've you've worked for a variety of different banks, doing a variety of different services, which I know gives you you know an incredible background. But you actually started out with a degree in theater. How does somebody in theater get into banking? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I met a guy in L.A. when I was there in yoga class, very classic L.A. story, and I was looking for a career change, and he's the guy that got me into mortgage finance. So he was a former uh, punk rock musician, and so the perfect uh, trainer for a guy that was a theater major in finance was a fellow creative. So 2001 is when I started in finance in single family, kind of like you guys, and then kind of worked my way up over the years to what I do now. But it's uh, been a lot of different iterations, as you point out. But I really love the HUD program, I'd say, the most because it's such an entrepreneurial program. And for the right borrowers and the right clients, you can really just make a huge difference in uh, not only the lives of the tenants and the communities, but also just help you know smaller developers do a lot more deals. I uh, it's impressive to me. And if you scratch the surface of any real estate agent, you're going to find that they have done other things as well. I think what you have done in, in previous lives just makes your 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 present job that much better or worse, depending. But clearly helping people with affordable housing is a really important thing to be doing right now. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, when you look at most of the programs out there for developers, like maybe some of your listeners that want to get into real estate investing and they want to start small and kind of work their way up. The HUD program is is great for people that don't have huge net worth or huge liquidity when they're getting started out because it is a non-recourse program. So there's no personal guarantee that you sign. Um, they don't really look as closely as some of the other financing programs out there in multifamily at net worth and liquidity. So you don't have to be a quote-unquote certified rich guy or girl to uh, get a HUD loan, which is also an advantage. Do the HUD loans uh, take a little longer to to get uh, as opposed to a conventional? They definitely do. Yep, yep. They are not fast. Um, that said, I mean, if you start them at the right time or you have the right mortgagee involved, they can help you structure a bridge loan. Timing shouldn't be an impediment to doing the financing transaction. The only time that it really is is if you're sort of misapplying the program for the need. So, for example, the deal in Alamogordo in my first episode, <clears throat> we needed a bridge loan because it was a sale, and a seller's not going to wait six months for you to get the FHA loan in place. Sometimes they will in affordable housing, but in general, in market rates, they're not going to do that. So with the bridge loan, we were able to take that down in 60 days, and that gave us plenty of time to then put the FHA loan into place. So to do the financing with the HUD, does a property have to be identified? Or can you start the process without a, an actual property? Yeah, you need to have a property identified. A lot of our due diligence centers around um, the asset itself. So the, you know, the age of the property, the physical condition, um, all that stuff. So you definitely want to have a, 
a property identified. Yeah, because you'd, you'd want to not only have that property identified, but some idea about what you're going to do with that property. So I know in this area... You want to have a business plan, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I know in this area, we have such a desperate need for affordable rental housing um, that there, if there were tracts of land and people were interested somewhere along any of the major transportation, the, what we call the T here, the subway, the buses, the, the trains, um, people would love that. How would someone get involved in sourcing you and and getting involved in and figuring all this out? What would the first step be, Michael? You know, if they're uh, a developer or an asset owner and they want to run a deal by me, they can uh, email me through the website, Rentonerica the Show, or through Gershman Mortgage at mthomas at gershman.com. And I'm happy to run scenarios for people once they have you know, if it's in the case of development, I'd need to start with a pro forma, um, just a very rough development budget and, um, you know, a, a basically a stabilized profit and loss statement. And I can give them a loan sizing. And in the case of an existing property, I just need a trailing 12 months and a unit mix and rent. And I could provide a loan sizing that way and uh, kind of give them an idea or an indication of what their maximum FHA insured mortgage could be. Let's talk about your show for a moment. So uh, <clears throat> you're based in Denver? That's right. Okay. And then the first show was filmed in, I, I guess it was New Mexico, correct? Yes, sir. So you spent quite a bit of money on producing the first show. Uh, are you going to be traveling all around the country? Is, is that the plan? Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. Um, the next episode is going to be shot in Denver. So we're going to have three locations, but it's going to center around 2069 in Denver. So we're going to do the future, kind of future of housing, um, and it's going to be a pretty exciting episode. And then we're just, you know, looking all over the country for great stories to tell about housing. So if somebody has a great story that they want to tell, I encourage them to reach out through the website as well and, uh, and submit a, um, you know, a story to us for, for us to review for a future episode. So you you mentioned Michael that you have a hundred uh, other HUD lenders. Is anybody doing anything like this out there besides you? I I haven't seen I haven't seen it. If they are, um, I, I really haven't seen it. Um, I was just at this uh, conference, this um, entertainment conference, and I can tell you that when I was pitching to people in the uh, reality TV world, nobody had heard of anything about rental housing. The closest thing that exists today is there's a show on Netflix about Airbnb, but that's it. There's been nothing on like multifamily housing. Right. That's why, I mean, I, I hope you're not ahead of the curve on this, but uh, you're certainly unique in, in the concept and in the application of it. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a competitive advantage to be able to, um, tell stories about housing. I, I think stories are what we what we need. We have a lot of statistics. Statistics don't tend to move people emotionally as much as just telling a story. So um, I'm optimistic that, you know, continuing to tell these stories really helps bring positive media attention to rental housing instead of, you know, what's typically gotten the press in the past has been more negative stories about, you know, bad landlords or, you know, bad actors that are developers. So like to have more positive stories in this space. 
Right. And and in every major city, you have areas that people put up uh, uh, inexpensive housing that become ghettos where, you know, the, the properties aren't being taken care of and, and uh, drugs are rampant and all of that. That's Why certain- are you talking about that? Let's 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 keep it positive. Well, it, it is it is more positive, this kind of thing. I want to I want to help Mike yeah. uh, get some uh, new properties. Uh, are you on Facebook? Uh groups to um, spread the word? Yeah, I, I do have a Facebook page for Rent America, the show, and I'm, I'm working on my social media platform. What I plan on doing now on YouTube is um, answering a lot of simple questions, because I do get a lot of questions from people about uh, what I do, and so I just want to start answering you know, very simple questions like, you know, what is an investment property loan, or what is commercial FHA insured financing, and just try to you know, get the word out that this is a great program that people can utilize and and, uh, and develop and also acquire rental housing this way. So I understand that there's an entertainment component to your show. Uh, what would be in it for the owner of the property if uh, if they wanted to be on the show? What would be the, the benefits? So, you know, for my client um, who I did the first episode, they thanked me afterwards because it really told the story of their family. They're a, you know, U.S. Air Force military family, and I got to really highlight these, um, these two guys, the two brothers. Their dad was also a fighter pilot that flew in Vietnam, and you know, just got to tell a really cool story about their lives and and them as people, as well as the housing. And then, as far as the housing side goes, um, the owner of the property, Kevin, um, was very pleased and showed all of his investors because. You can really see in the before and after pictures alone that, you know, yeah, there's a there's an economic success story there for sure, but there's also, he really improved the property. So, you know, the people that live there now are really just enjoying that place so much more because of the improvements that he made, and you can really see those in the before and after of the units, the gym, the amenities. He redid the pool area and uh, the clubhouse and just made it much nicer for people living there. Um, and again, that uh, uh, website is uh, rentamericatheshow.com. Um, you can take a look. I'm I'm actually right now on uh, which part of this? Uh, how how long is the show? I actually haven't watched it. I've got to watch it after the sh- after our show. So I'll have more questions Great. for you. <laughs> Great. It's 24 minutes. The full episode is 24 minutes. But I also have it broken up into webisodes for. For instance, if somebody just wants to watch the property part of it and doesn't want to watch us go play with rattlesnakes and go to the Air Force Base and all that other stuff, they can just watch Las Ventanas, which is the name of the property, or you can watch the full episode. It's, it's 24 minutes. Cool. So I, I, I'm actually um, uh, on the uh, spot. Uh, I think it's the event spot, red carpet and arrival. A lot of pretty people at that event. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. You know, it was a great turnout. We had over 70 people show up at uh, the, the historic theater in Denver called the Mayan. It's, um, I think it's the only historic theater left in Denver. And uh, they said it was the best event they had all year. So it was, it was great. We had a great turnout. People really enjoyed the, you know, the red carpet screening of it. And uh, I look forward to having another one. I, I thought the music in the, in the show was pretty interesting. Who did the music for you? Well, my brother, um, Mike, uh, and I did the theme song, but then there's a lot of music that we use from a company called Extreme Music. 
that is a licensed music company for people that are making shows, and you know they're they're pretty widely used. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so uh, you did tell us the the next uh, show is going to be shot in and around Denver. Um, are you going to stay out west until you get um, someone here on the East Coast asking you for something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the plan. Um, I'm in talks with a developer, um, a real estate developer that does a lot in the heartland as well. So he's got a property in Sheffield, West, West Virginia. That would be great for an episode. So I'm in talks to do that. That would be an East Coast, maybe an East Coast-based show. Um, down the road, but uh, yeah, the next one is is going to be in Denver. Uh, are there people living in uh, Les Ventanas now? And and have you gone back to uh, to talk to any of them? How much they like it, or something like that? Yeah, actually, we um, we were able to follow up with a woman that had lived there while we were on site filming the episode. She had lived there before Kevin acquired it and rehabbed it several years back, and now she's living in it again. And uh, she said it's just so much nicer now than it was before. And uh, when we first pulled up to the property, there were some guys outside playing spike ball on the volleyball court. And uh, some of them had their shirts off. And I said to my crew, wouldn't that be funny if these guys were fighter pilots? And turns out they were. They were uh, cadets <laughs> at the uh, F-16 Holloman School. So cool. I guess fighter pilots really still do that, just like, just like they did in Top Gun. And uh, I think we need our sponsor moment in here somewhere. Oh, yeah. Broker Talk, sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers online. Go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. My pleasure. <laughs> so, Michael, is there any anything else that you'd like to share with our audience in the last couple of minutes we have here? You know, I just would say if anybody uh, in the audience is interested in learning more about becoming an investor of multi-housing, and HUD defines that as five units and above, I'd be happy to speak with them. They can email me at mthomas at gershwin.com or find me on the website, Rent America the Show, and I'd love to uh, follow up and, and hear from them. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Definitely Thanks, interesting. Guys. I appreciate and it. We'll be watching your show, Rent America. The Rent show. America, the, the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll catch up with you again soon, Michael. All righty. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So we're going to do something we've never done. Yeah. So the show goes on. Well, I, can I set this up, or would you like to? No, no. You you go. So um, we had the real estate industry is uh, people think uh, our job is just easy. All we do is drive around and, you know, in our Mercedes and just have a pull out a key and open a door and make lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's really much, much different than that. And I had an experience this week that I called Jim right after I had it uh, because the lead came from him. And so we just kind of wanted to play it out. And we're going to do more of this as we go forward. Try and tell real real estate stories so our agents and consumers can understand what it's like on a daily basis. So this will either be funny and great or not. <laughs> <laughs> you so, won't know that till you listen. <laughs> so we're going to so we're going to start at the top. Hey Larry, I have a referral for you. Do you have any interest in taking it? Are you kidding? Absolutely. 
It's just a homeowner. You might want to sell. Oh, just a homeowner who might want to sell her property. Sure. Send me over all the information, and, and I'll get right on it. You know what? I made a mistake. We're gonna just say that again. Just a homeowner who might want to sell his property. <laughs> his, hers. Just send over we'll, the information. We'll okay, got it. And then ring, ring. Hi. Uh, Actually, no. This is one is knock, knock. <laughs> God, is anybody listening? Have you turned us off yet? No, come on. Anyway, this is me. I'm. Uh, it's hello. The, yeah. Wait. Wait a second. I'm at the uh, door. Okay, it's house. it's a beautiful, sunny, cold New England day. I'm walked to the house. Oh, we forgot a part. You you spoke to him, right? You I sp- did speak. I I, I spoke to the uh, to whoever, whichever pronoun so we're go, using. Blah 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 blah. And I say, come on over. Sometimes. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, yeah. And, and that's not... So true. now I'm at the door. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, well, actually, it's your line here, because no, you, you no. did the knock, and, and she did open the door. He did open the door. Right, and I said hello. Oh. Now it's your turn. Hi, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm Larry. I spoke to your husband uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, he asked me to drop by this package of information, and... Um, I uh, that's what I'm here to do. I made a mistake. I'm supposed to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's a woman's voice. <laughs> this is so confusing. No, it's not. There you go. Um, he isn't in, and you are a liar. Yeah, uh, she said I'm an effing liar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you are an effing liar. I, I, I'm sorry. Excuse me. My husband isn't in, and you are a liar. I'm not quite sure why you're treating me like this. I'm not a liar. I did uh, talk to your husband. We had a nice conversation. I'm just here to drop off this information that would help. I'm a broker, too. And there is no way that my husband spoke to you about selling our house. This is so unprofessional. I can't believe what I'm seeing and hearing. Leave me your package. (laughs) (laughs) It's not exactly how it went, but yeah, Close she did. Enough. She did want my package, but she had identified herself as a yeah, broker. Everybody wants your package. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you just called me a liar uh, several times. I'm certainly not to going to give you this information. Well, you better leave now before I call the police. I, I only work with people I like and trust, and clearly, you're not someone that I could ever work with. So I am leaving right now. You're not going to cough and say, say, mutter anything under your breath as you're walking away? Well, no, she called, uh, she used four-letter words for me. And you probably... And she called me an effing liar again, and I said, well, at least I'm not an asshole. Okay, there you go. All right, so then my phone rings. Ring, ring. And this is me speaking. This is Jim. Hmm, private number. Should I answer it? Uh, Whatever. Hello? Is this Jim Lowenstern? <laughs> Lowenstein? <laughs> she said Lowenstein. Lowenstein? I, I said, who is this? Is this Jim Lowenstein? I'm not going to identify myself to a stranger on a block number. Who are you? Oh, this is Barbara Butts. You know me. We met many times over the years. I'm a broker. Okay, um, not exactly sure who you are, but fine. Uh, why are you calling me? Uh, by the way, it's Lowenstern, not Lowenstein. One of your brokers just knocked on my door and said that he spoke to my husband. Okay, 
It's not okay. Why is that? Because my husband didn't speak to him. Why would he? I'm a broker. I don't know why your husband spoke to my broker. Uh, which broker, by the way? Larry Lawfer. He said he was on the board. Is he on the board? As far as I know, yes. Well, that still doesn't give him the right to do this. To do what? Knock on your door? Uh, to lie about speaking to my husband. He's going around and knocking on doors with a made-up story. Barbara? It's Barbara, right? Uh, yeah. I really don't understand what you are telling me or asking me. Are you asking me something? It's or just telling not me right. Something? It's just not right. Barbara, what isn't right? Larry is knocking on doors of people he spoke to, and he's following up by delivering his card and information. It's his job, right? You have an issue with him doing his job? He lied. <clears throat> you don't have any proof of that, and I'm certain that Larry has better things to do on a January day than to go knocking on random doors. If you want, send me an email with your issue, and I'll read it. Well, I'm already doing that. Okay, then. Are we all set, Barbara? Click. <laughs> I guess we are. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think that was just awesome, <laughs> and we're going to do more of these. Oh, God, uh, please. There'll be one next week for sure. Um, so, I, I mean, the, the, the point is what? She's at home watching Ricky Lake and, and, and eating... Uh, I don't know, bonbons or something, and mm -hmm. she's ticked off at you. Or or maybe her husband is trying to sell the house without her knowing it so he can flee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows? May, maybe. You may have just stirred up a, 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 a real problem in that household. Uh, uh, well, clearly she came to the door already charged in some way. The fact that I was an agent and didn't know that she was an agent of 740 years from the look of her face. Oh, <laughs> but but uh, there's no you way know. she's going to hear this, uh, even though I'm going to send her a copy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but the the point is what? Uh, the the point is professional that jealousy. No, I think it was more. Well, here's here's the real point. For any of you agents out there, when you get someone that's talking to you like this, it's better to just back away, you work with people you like and trust, and let everybody else go, because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I guess. And, and realize that not everyone's going to understand your process, your approach to the business. Knocking on doors actually is part of the business, because behind the door is the person you need to do business with. You're going to have to knock on the door eventually. I have made um, a pretty good living hel helping people whose houses have expired or canceled. And I've always done that. Uh, half of my business is referral business. The other half, I churn it out every day. And I go talk to people. That's the only way you're ever going to get a deal is to actually talk to people in person. Yeah, well, if she was a broker, I guess you weren't going to get her business anyway, but it was certainly fun. Well, if she had said, hey, I'm a broker, or if I had recognized her, I, I would have not done that, you know, because she's going to work on her own property. Right. It may have just been someone goofing on you and said, yeah, sure, come on over. Or, I don't know. Did they tell you to come on over? He did. Oh, he did. He did. Right. Yeah. Well, 
So he was meeting people, and when I went over that day, he was with some contractors, if you remember what, you know, what I said to you. So I didn't stop in when he was with the contractors. Okay. Maybe his wife wasn't home. All right. Well, good. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. Even I'm in Jim. bad voices. <laughs> no, that was great. We did, we did really good. I'm Jim. And I'm Larry. Jim Lowenstern. <laughs> and Larry Lauferstein. <laughs> Until next week, we're signing off. Have a good one. Have a great one. And a baba booey to you all. Deep on.